There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I really hope that you will join us in fighting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and in supporting the Democrats so that we can all continue our work for Indian country. It is more important now than ever. And again, thank you so much. Why can't folks imagine a world without the cops? Why can't folks imagine a world um, without prisons? Why can't people expand their imaginations to include community care, to include an abolitionist future. I've been looking at the same view of you in the notoriously famous basement right now, and that's uh, not a bad place. I think it's uh, I think it's been, been a right direction than I have uh, up here. Man, there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. That, la- that first, I don't even know where to start. So the DNC uh, stuff is rolling, and uh, it is underway, and I... Uh, I uh, this is an amazing time. This is an amazing time. So I'm way but the, the stuff that happened last night, a lot of that stuff I'll just let you you've probably seen it by now and been listening to it all day. I can tell you one thing. Whoever thought that having a gentleman or I don't know, it, it, whoever thought that having Billy Porter uh sing for what it's worth which is itself just a total jerk song just for its name which is so far from anything else whoever thought of that that was a good idea with all the visuals of all of the uh, Black Lives Matter and other large scale demonstrations who decided to use the overlay of the demonstrations from the 60s the anti-war demonstrations civil rights etc and perfectly overlay what's happening now, that was not a good idea. That was not a good idea. What people are seeing is violence in burning and looting. They're seeing people be intimidated in neighborhoods and as these as these uh, you know hooligans work out towards the, the suburbs now. 
This is the time of positivity with BLM and Antifa is over. This is over. People are seeing this right now. They're seeing the people. This guy get kicked in the head yesterday and absolutely knocked out. I think he's still in the hospital. Kicked so violently, the, 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 the kick must have been meant to kill him. People beaten in the streets, just the burning of places and destroying of businesses. Entire, these cities have been ruined, ruined. People are leaving the cities. Crime is way up in a lot of these cities and violent crime at these mayors have shown that they're not willing to do anything, anything. It is just too late, just too late. And you're promising, you're promising to codify this into uh, legislation or executive actions. You're celebrating this, and you're putting the the happy um, anthem, a 1960s uh, anthem of of uh, protests and, and demonstrations over this as if it's a good thing, celebrating it. That is dumb. People see what's happening. People in the suburbs are saying, wait a second. Where's all the help? What if the violence gets closer to my house? It's crime, crime rates are rising everywhere. Now, I've got to go into the city and work. And you're making this about the cops pushing people around? You know, the song talks about the heat. You're talking about the about the about security? About, about law enforcement? Which is all people have left now? You are saying, you're telling people this is what the Democratic Party is for. It is for the celebration of this unrest. It is for the dismantling of the police. That's what you're saying to people. You want to lose those suburban moms, housewives, suburban women? There is no better way to do it than to say the streets will not be safe for you or your kids. There will be total unrest. The crime waves will be through the roof. Your kids, your kid, you know what we talk about helicopter moms? You tell them that their kids could be hunted down by just lawless criminals who have been unleashed onto communities, rapists, including here in Massachusetts, and perverts who have been unleashed, bailed out, and, and thrust back into the communities. These are in suburbs now. These are suburbs. This is Melrose, Massachusetts now. These were true believers. You're going to lose people. That was ins- and also the fact that this act. First of all, I don't know who anything about Billy Porter. I don't know that. I'll never opt into whatever the hell is going on there. I don't know. It was the same for me with uh, Lance Armstrong and the same with Chocola um, <clears throat> and uh, Hamilton the musical. I just that you can have it all. I don't need to know anything more. But the guy was dressed in. He was dressed like a bat. He had a. He was dressed in shirt, uh, pants, and a dressed or something he was an awkward looking fellow you know the, the guy from um crosby still steven stills i think was there who's about 117 years old it was freaky odd um and the messaging was terrible terrible yeah no this is what it's like it's just like 1966 yay what are you doing are you guys crazy You're putting that you're putting that in stone into the party. In, this is your party's convention. You're saying to the people, this is what we're about. This is what we're about. The celebration of all of this unrest, which has now absolutely hurt the economy, which has been horrible for the cities. And you're going to see the exodus happening. It's already happening. You've had to, Andrew Cuomo have to beg people to come back into New York. 
Nobody wants, you've ruined these cities. And now you're celebrating as if it's a good thing? It's like Andrew Cuomo writing his freaking book about how I beat COVID, a, a hero's memoir. First of all, the COVID thing's still going on. The book's already already done? Isn't that a little odd? And it's also just a complete, <clears throat> it's a complete uh, recasting. It's a rewrite of what actually happened because Cuomo knows that he screwed up royally that he is, should be one of the most disgraced politicians in American history for his mismanagement of this, where over 33,000 people died directly due to his policies. Largely, anyway. I shouldn't, shouldn't dump it all on him, but the nursing home people, anyway. And so, in order to, you know, gaslight people and make them think that, uh, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes, he comes out with a, a chain of merchandise. He's selling posters and books now. How I beat COVID. Yay! Everybody celebrate. It's a good thing. Everything great happened. And that's the same thing with it's the same thing. It's the same thing with the with Billy Porter singing the song and the, the Democrats saying, Yeah, this was all great, you see? It's excellent. The thing is they can't keep all the voices down. You know, some of the people are not going to shut up. It's too late. Once you let the loudest uh folks you know declare or the most radical folks, you know, declare that they have uh, ceded ground and they will not give it back, then they will not give it back. Right now, we are managing against converging public health and economic crises amid a national reckoning on racial injustice in this country. Communities from Boston to Portland and everywhere in between are rising up to demand accountability and divestment from broken systems. Great. There you go. That's Anna Presley from Massachusetts, who just a couple of days ago... There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Well, there is. If you want to go in Seattle right now, where the progressive uh, social justice warrior mayor declared that this would be the summer of love, if you want to go there, you could easily go there and just get curb stomped, you know, uh, every hour on the hour now, because the streets are overrun with criminals. And we're celebrating this. Yay, this was an important year. This has been a horrible year for, for African Americans, for black Americans who are law abiding and want to make and just want to make the best of it. You've destroyed their economies, you've destroyed their neighborhoods, you've destroyed their prospects for investment in those neighborhoods, you've destroyed the businesses around them. Congratulations. But hey, you know what? Get Billy back there. This is great. This is an important moment. We did something really important here, everybody. Let's all celebrate. Incredible. Incredible. Man, being, being a, a Democrat is never having to say you're sorry, man. It is so incredible. We've heard, heard these stories last week about this uh, this beautiful young lady uh, who was who had been raped. Uh, I think it was in was it New York. Maybe it was in New England somewhere. Um, and they, they let out her uh, accused rapist and he went and murdered her. There you go. Uh, these stories aren't in isolation. They're happening all over the place. You've unleashed the worst element upon the, the the communities. And, well, that's it. That's what the celebration was last night. Yay! But there are bigger enemies out there. According to the left, there are much bigger enemies out there. And there is no better indicator of who is uh, to be treated as an enemy, as a foreign combatant, than somebody, anybody who gets anointed as a good person, a person of value, by President Trump. Another one I know very well. He's the single greatest ad buyer in the history of the world. 
And he also happens to make a very good product, his pillow. I use it. When I sleep well, I'm using his pillow. And these suckers are about to fall down, but that's okay because I know him very well. Mike, Mike Lindell. Mike, thank you. And he's the chairman of our campaign. If I don't win Minnesota with you as the chairman of our campaign, I would say that would be uh, very bad for me because if this guy can do anything. Thank you, Mike. It's an honor, and we appreciate it very much. Thank you. You do a great job. Thank you. And it's all made in Minnesota, right? All made in Minnesota. Oh, no, no, you don't, Mike. No, you don't. You don't show up and support this president and, and advertise on Fox News when the left has been so uh, successful at you know, bringing boycotts to, uh, to, to any personality that they find uh, – they find abhorrent. You don't get a shout out from Trump like that and expect not there to be there to there not for there to not to be retribution. So Lindell gets the call from CNN. Hey, want to come on AC three sixty today and talk to Anderson about your pillows and about your your new uh, COVID drug that you're pushing? Lindell says, "Sure, yeah, sounds good. You know, Lindell's a good Christian, probably a trusting guy." And here we go. Lindell recently got a spot on the board of Phoenix Biotechnology as a director. He also has a financial stake in the company that is uh, promoting this, uh, this product. Phoenix Biotechnology makes Oleandrin. Mike Lindell joins us now. Thanks so much for, for being with us, Mr. Lindell. Um, yeah, you thanks, don't, thanks for having me on. You don't have a medical background. You're not a scientist, yet you're claiming this substance, which has not been studied in any meaningful way, can cure covid and you have a financial stake in the company, you would profit from it if this is being sold widely. Morally, is that right? Well, you know, I was contacted on Easter Sunday after, you know, that I've told the whole country to pray for the answer for this pandemic. And, and the, uh, it's a great administration has, has had me anything I hear out there of whether it be good sanitizers or cures or anything to bring it back to the task force. So this guy called me on Easter Sunday and said he had an answer to the virus. And, uh, I reached out to my friend, uh, Secretary Carson, who's on the task force and he's a doctor and he looked into it all, got everything from the company and he said this is the real deal it's been tested by over a thousand people to be safe medical well, wait, wait a minute sir done. wait a minute stop let's stop there's no public peer-reviewed studies about this there's no yeah there is there's no yeah, there human is. trials that have been published anywhere yeah, the, their safety test that was done in 2016 for over a thousand people that it's safe to take. And if it's where, safe where, to where? So I don't know, you know, I, I've, I've done a little bit of looking up here in the NIH, National Institute of Health, does list it oleandrin as a steroid saponin that consists of oleandrin and having a whatever dioxy, yada, 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 uh, residue attached to the oxygen function at possible three. This is chemistry speak. I don't know what it is. It, it says, it is a cardinaloid glycis, glycosoid, a 14-beta-hydroxy steroid, a steroid ester and a steroid saponin. Oleandrin has been used in trials studying the treatment of lung cancer in chemotherapeutic agent toxicity. I guess the lung cancer thing would be the angle. Uh, this other study from Sloan Kettering Cancer Center says, um, is an ornamental shrub the Mediterranean Beach... Most studies have focused on the anti-cancer activities of oleandrin because it's uh, apoptic, 
tick, 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 uh, effects on various cancer cells. It also increases sensitivity to pH three prostate cells to radiotherapy and reduces uh, gentamicin toxicity. A study in glioma model suggests potential activity, and other studies, Oleandrin demonstrated neuroprotective activity and reduced infectivity of the HIV virus. Uh, it says for some stuff it can be toxic for this and that. So I, I don't know. I've seen a bunch of things. I don't know anything about this field. Maybe it's a junk pill. Maybe it's a great pill. I have no idea. But that's really beside the point because this is a hit. This is not an interview. Where is, the, that's when I started so where is this study? The only study or report out is is a one report from the University of Texas. That was a pre-print study, and that was only no, involving they- cells in a, in a test tube. No, there's been there's been human studies, absolutely human studies. Stop, and it's been sir, tested where, phase one, phase sir where are the these FDA, humans, the FDA, where are the these human studies? Why, why aren't they publicly? Why aren't they publicly reviewed out there? Why aren't they been peer reviewed? Well, the the thousand people are out there. I don't know if you can't find it. I'm not a I'm not a medical doctor. I just know that Ben Carson, who's on the task force, he brought it to the president. Going well, hey, okay, this is but one stop, sir. This, ben Carson has not- in the past, you know, been paid to promote supplements and got in trouble for it back in 2015. So he has a track record on that. You, you, know, are, you, know, you are telling people that this cures COVID. You have no studies to prove it. And you're saying you a know, thousand you, people you know were what? tested. I got my own study. When Where? I took that, when I, see, when I seen the tests of a thousand people that it was safe, that's all you, I needed. Sir, I've okay, if you've seen this April. test, where is it? I've been it? taking it since if, April. Where is and it? I've had if you've seen this test, where is it? I've had a hundred of my friends and family. This thing works. It's the you, miracle you of said, all time. You, sir, you said. <laughs> I don't know if it's a miracle of all time. Maybe it's crap. I like Mike Lindell. I like his story. I think that somebody should have told him that he's a he's a big-hearted Christian. Somebody should have told him that this is a hit. If you walk in there, you're going to get whacked, and there's going to be no exit for you. And that's what Cooper did. At one point, actually, I should I should go back. At one point, Cooper actually impugns switches and impugns the uh, veracity of the pillows and says that my pillows don't work adequately. I, I don't think I can get to it. It's too far in there. You won't be able to, will you be able to hear it? Let me see if you'll be able to hear it. So at one point, he actually... Can you hear this? Or no, it's probably... You're not probably not going to be able to hear it because it plays in a different thing. Okay, so yeah. See, Cooper comes after him and says that the my pillows don't work either because he was sued by somebody for his advertising where there are testimonials. You know, people say, wow, this really helped. And... Uh, Lindell contends that was because he was close with the president and the DAs are screwing with him, which I com- or U.S. attorneys are screwing with him, which I completely could understand. If somebody in broadcasting is going to start talking about testimonial ads and using that as a weapon to go after, uh, you know, people who either run those companies or the broadcast, that is low grade BS because you know it. it these testimonials, CNN does them as much as anybody else. Anybody in media does them, and it's just, it's uh, crap. But Cooper went in for the kill. He, he said what, here he says what he just wants you to know about Mike Lindell. It's the same thing with the woman who was talking about uh, uh, ortho uh the other day. And the other doctors, anybody who says anything that upsets 
that upsets the narrative that CNN has that uh, Trump is wildly irresponsible and is trying to kill, kill people. Well, they're targeted for death. Jerry Gain here. This is all going to be. Sir, I wanna that's not people. true. I want to help. People. That's not true. You're you're going to make money from this. You're on the board of this company. You've taken a financial stake in this company. They asked me last week to go on the board. There's no. Yeah. There, if this, so you know, that you could go out and promote because, it because you're willing to promote anything because you because even if it doesn't work. Yeah, no, that's not true, Anderson, and you know it. I don't know. You probably well, sleep. I, I, on- feel good about this, Anderson? Out of my pillow. Yeah, no. the, uh, uh, well, sir, I, 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 I don't. I, I don't not, actually. I don't I, even know I don't who think you Secretary- are. I don't even know who you are, says Anderson. Yeah, I'm sure that's the case, Anderson. Carson, I don't think Secretary Carson would go, would bring this to the president with me if he didn't think really? trying to get it out okay, there. Okay, well, look at his track record on this, on, on this promoting supplements you- for which he was paid. I am just telling so you, me, this is the answer. Wouldn't you want to save lives? Sir, this is what my heart is. I gave it to my friends yeah, and family. Wow. You this really are like lives. a snake oil salesman. It I mean, this is, you, you could be in the old west, standing on a box, telling people to drink your amazing no, I elixir. I give the glory to God. No I do what God. I do what Jesus has me do. I give the glory to God, and I want to help people. Jesus That's wants my you passion. Out there I'm not driven. I'm not money driven. Remedies that are not remedies because they've never been tested. I am not money driven, and why would I do this? Ask yourself, why would ruin my reputation? If I didn't, if you I didn't have believe a in this reputation. product, you don't have a great oh, really? reputation. Not in Brookline, not at any parties Anderson goes to. There you go. You're a snake oil salesman. That's what you get. Anybody does anything positive uh, if, with the president? That's the new way they do it, though. New way they do it. They, the Boston Globe, did it to to uh, Jerry and Kirk in the morning, and NBC did it to the Federalist, the website. By getting them deplatformed for uh, by uh, Google for a bit, and they did it to the other. They, what the there's another one they did it to as well. But they, I mean, they just hunt down these uh, businesses who do not fall in line and are seen, you know, seen with the enemy. And so, if you're with Donald Trump, that's what you get. That that's disgusting. Cooper's disgusting. CNN's disgusting. Jeff Zucker is disgusting. Everybody in that place is disgusting. But that is the landscape right now. And they all take umbrage when Trump fights on their level and slams them right back. But thank God he does, because people need to see. They need to have at least the validation that somebody's going to roar back at these heathens. <laughs> so that's your media when they don't approve of somebody. When they do, it's very different. Michelle Obama gave her speech last night, which I saw a little bit of. It's standard. I guess it's fine. I mean... I don't really buy any of this stuff, so whatever. But I think she's she's good at it. She knows how to knows how to emote, and for the Democratic audience, you know, she does what she should be doing. That's that's her job. I think for the Democrats to make their theme that Trump is over his head, that's clever. They should be doing that. That's strategically a smart thing for them to be doing. Now it would carry a little more weight if they weren't saying that because Trump is out of his depth. You need to have Joe Biden jump in there because Joe Biden is out of his depth when he's talking to Cardi B. This is not the guy who's going to jump in there like Joe Petroni from Airport 77 and, you know, know how to fix the plane. Joe Biden is um, is he's devoid of a lot of Joe Biden right now. So it's. Somebody, if you if you had a candidate like Pete Buttigieg, who seems really confident, really you know, a guy who knows how to do stuff, it seems like he'd come over and fix your lawnmower for you. Then maybe that would be something. But eh. but anyway, that's what they're going with, and it's a, it's a good theme. 
That I didn't. I don't have the audio. That I thought that ad from the guy who used to work for Homeland Security, who slams Trump for being inept. I thought that was a great ad by the Democrats. That's very smart. It was well done. The guy comes off believable. That's good. That's good stuff. Um, but uh, so here we go. This is A.M. Joy, and this is her take on Michelle Obama. This should be, I assume, this will be a really critical look at the speech. Let's start with Michelle Obama because it seems like she certainly has set a very high bar when it comes to energizing the party. You know, they didn't call her the closer for nothing back in the day. She was. Did they call her that? I'll I'll indulge you if you want me to, A.M. Joy, but I don't recall it, but that's fine. She, she started out at some point in the speech where she said, I hate politics, and then proceeded to give a very political speech, which is out of character for her in terms of tone, content, and the delivery. Uh, a, a lot of people, I was looking at it last night, I heard it described as elegant shade. Yes, or when Donald Trump says it, darkness ominous elegant shade my goodness look at the elegant shade she used wow when trump does the same exact thing of course it's the dark you know dark uh, oration of sauron but it is what it is it is what it is so what else is going on at the dnc of course they have all these breakout rooms where they well generally usually they, they're rooms now they're not breakout rooms they're just breakout chat rooms where they talk about different issues and, uh, you know, one of the questions was, does the nomination of Joe Biden mean that the Democrats are going to moderate, that there'll be more of a, a, uh, a reasonable middle of the road um, ticket? Will the platform be? Will the future of the party be? And will the initiatives, uh, you know, advanced by the administration be? So a lot of times you can tell where what the goals are. I mean, we've already shown the Billy Porter thing. So we know that the theme, the spirit of the party is revolution demonstration the changing the face of the american culture through politics and vice versa but uh so these breakout groups can tell you also what all of these are all arteries you know leading into the kind of the heart of the ticket tells you what the rest of the constituency is thinking so this is a dnc lgbt caucus why can't folks imagine a world without the cops why can't folks imagine right. a world um, without prisons why can't people expand their imaginations to include community care, to include an abolitionist future. Um, and I'm talking about like for real, for real abolition, not just watered down DNC version of abolition. Um, we're talking about abolishing the police. We're talking about abolishing ICE. We're talking about abolishing prisons. So abolishing police. All right. Abolishing ICE. And we've seen just a little a test, a test preview of, of abolishing peace, police where they've essentially been uh, muted in communities, and we see how that's going with crime surging, murders surging, shootings surging, and uh, people leaving. As far as abolishing prisons, if you're not going to incarcer incarcerate the lawbreakers, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they intend to do, or unless this is to mean for-profit prisons. But we've seen this ideology, and we've seen it now. What it's doing to cities—it's destroyed cities. Congratulations, this is already at play. So now we're cementing into the platform this abolish ICE and abolish. It's just all the criminal justice system from front to back, as Liz Warren has said. We're going to change it all. Going to get rid of it all. They're going to be fine. Liz Warren's community, where she lives in Cambridge, she'll be fine. You may not be fine. Remember Bernie Sanders. He used to be a radical in this party. He is now the moderate. When Joe Biden is elected president, when we have a Democratic House, when we have a Democratic Senate, 
we can begin the process of transforming this government and our nation. Yeah, I'm, I'm keep. I'm always told by Democrats that when Republicans, when people, someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah, he means it, of course. Joe Biden, you've got an empty vessel in there. The only gatekeeper at that point is Kamala Harris, I guess. Who's going to tell her no? Who's going to say? Who's she going to say no to? She is all for it. She is all for it. Remember, they could have run as Joe Biden and cop Kamala, which they've opted not to do. So now it's Joe Biden and woke Kamala. So yes, all this stuff will be sewn in as as uh, policy. That's excellent. It's a free-for-all. It's a progressive free-for-all. This is a great time to be a progressive. They don't care about the, the chaos and the murders and this and that. For some reason, Tom Hanks was interviewing. By the way, all of this audio, a lot of this audio is over-modulated, and it's not my fault. This is how it got to me from the uh, DNC folks. But everybody's doing stuff at home. I'm sure the compression or whatever they have is screwed up. But, so Tom Hanks is interviewing Joe Biden, or they're having a back and forth. And uh, <laughs> Hanks says something. Yeah, I like Tom Hanks. I have no problem with him. I have no problem with, with celebrities who want to be Democrats. That's fine. Just like celebrities who want to be Republicans. I, I don't like when celebrities are, are venomous or clueless a-holes and obnoxious jerks or, or really preach or pester people a lot. But uh, it doesn't really... I've... I don't care. I don't really watch a lot of stuff that, that has to do with uh, actors, but I do like Tom Hanks. So Hanks, this is just a throwaway line equipped by Hanks, but I got to tell you, it must have a lot of Biden's inner circles uh, very uncomfortable. I've been looking at the same view of your notoriously famous basement right now, and uh, not a bad place. I think it's a, I think it's a better art direction than I have, uh, have here. Ooh, they can't like that. They've had enough of that stuff. Oh, man. He doesn't do great in this basement anyway, necessarily. He tries to. He tries to. If it's very well edited, edited, he can do well in this basement or, you know, uh, basically okay in this basement. But it gets tough for him. It gets tough for him. So, <laughs> Tom Hanks... Witnesses it getting tough for Joe Biden when he asks him. I don't even know what he asked him, but Biden went on this uh, this trip down memory lane where he just couldn't nail down dates or years or facts or. This is this is why the basement, Tom. If you need to know, I became a public defender, and I used to have to inter. I used to have to interview my clients down by the train station, Amtrak, the Northeast Extension, the Northeast Carter, and uh, and I thought that before they were arraigned. And uh, 40 years later to the month in January of uh, 2018, yeah. uh, I found myself in a circumstance where, uh, I mean, excuse me, 2012, I found myself I, I standing in the same spot I had stood 40 years earlier. I don't think that's right, Joe. I think what you're probably getting at is 2009, probably. And I didn't intend that. I was looking, I was waiting for a train to come. I was looking out to the left of my view was... 2012, he lived at, in the Naval Observatory or, observatory or whatever that is where, they, where the VP lives. Southwest, Southeast Wilmington, which had been burned to the ground and it's back and flourishing. <laughs> I looked across what they call the Third Street Bridge, 
to an all-black community, which in fact is is back up, still has some troubles. Good, Joe. Thanks. Focus a little bit, please. And I was waiting for a black man, Tom, to come and pick me up from Philadelphia, a guy named Barack Obama, on the 17th of January to take me to Washington, a trip I've made a thousand times, commuting every day, to be sworn in as president and vice president. Right, okay, so I would assume that that means 2009, because he was elected in 2008 as vice president in 2009. Now that little ditty from Joe, I'm sure when it got out of the uh, the campaign and marketers and speechwriters' hands was a nice uh, anecdote to say, but once it got filtered through the Biden mind, we just kind of had scraps there to deal with and try to forensically piece together ourselves. Let's listen to, let's hear from the DNC Youth Council Caucus. Like we talked about, there are all these folks break out and talk about policy and develop policy for the incoming administration. Um, because we understand that this future that we all want, that we're all trying to build, um, really is about the destruction of colonization, white supremacy, and capitalism. <laughs> Oh, good. We must okay. uh, we must really move away from these uh, systems yes. and these frameworks if we really want to live in a future that does have a regenerative economy and um, does enable liberation and equity for our communities. Um, this is definitely something that we all want to push forward. And so our hope and our, our dream is that we do push forward Green New Deal. Um, we do understand that Green New Deal. Hold on. Where's that Cardi B noise? Where's that? Here we go. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, 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 okay. No problem. You know, there is the Green New Deal, the AOC uh, marquee policy that um, many of us have become accustomed to. Uh... Um, because we understand that this future that we all want, that we're all trying to build, um, really is about the destruction of colonization. <laughs> How is this, like, this is so critical race theory. It is so right out of academia, right into this administration. Excellent. White supremacy. Oh, Jesus. Imagine if they didn't have these buzzwords available. You'd have to talk about issues and debate them. But there is some theology happening with the DMC, DNC, and I was actually surprised to hear this. And Quite an elegant pastor. Usually uh, a lot of these uh, the folks who are... Uh, more secular at uh, progressives, you know, tend to be more about uh, spiritual healing, etc. This guy was just, he was a firebrand. This is a stranger, and you had the nerve to build a wall while at the same time you have in the harbor there in New York a Statue of Liberty saying, give me your tired, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Jesus will say, America, if you don't get your act together, you, can, you may well go to hell. Jesus. I mean, sorry, Father. Didn't mean that. All right. <clears throat> Well, at least that's some passion. At least there's a uh, you know passionate uh, theology happening. I think that's uh, important. I guess I don't know. All right, what is next? Um, where am I? Oh yes. Oh yeah. We played. Okay, Anna Presley is in our own breakout room there. Right now, we are managing against converging public health and economic crises amid a national reckoning on racial injustice in this country. 
communities from Boston to Portland and everywhere in between are rising up to demand accountability and divestment from broken systems. <laughs> is, that what, is that what's happening in Portland? Are communities rising up or are communities sinking probably for the next coming decades? Portland and Seattle. Wow. Remember, they were just, they were like uh, marquee cities just recently. Oh, man. But hey, you know, that's fine. Systems. We have to redo systems. A national reckoning. There will be nothing stopping, stopping these people from using the executive branch to facilitate whatever change they think you have coming. And so if you don't know about intersectionality, it's not it's time to learn. It's time to learn where you stand exactly because you will be judged on the history of the your race and ethnicity for centuries back and you will be judged on immutable characteristics. So it's good to know exactly where you stand on the scorecard. It's not looking good for me. A blow was dealt, I would say, to governors, uh, probably Governor Baker and uh, Governor Cuomo. Anthony Fauci was on uh, WGBH. Not WGBH. He was on, I think he was on Channel 2. Maybe it was GBH. Anyway, it was the public broadcasting station. And they ask him, hoping, longing that he'll say the right thing. They ask him if he's uh, if we should be voting in person or if we should be voting um, by the mailboxes and the ones would if they're already left. Donald Trump has kidnapped almost all of them, rounded them up, and put them in a concentration camp um, where they're going to be melted down and I assume turned into his wall, which will be blue now, in uh, to keep out uh, peace-loving immigrants. Can people safely go out and vote in person, given that this year there is so much uh, concern around the vote? I think if carefully done according to the guidelines, there's no reason that I can see why that not be the case. For example, you know, when you look at going to a grocery store now in many regions and counties and cities that are doing it correctly, they have X's every six or more feet. And it says, don't leave this spot until the person in front of you left their spot. And you can do that. Oh, man. I just hit the stop recording button for a second. Listen to the rest. We'll listen to Fauci again. God, I was afraid I'd erase the recording of everything. Everything we've done so far together. Can people safely go out and vote in person, given that this year there is so much uh, concern around the vote? Say no. Say no, Fauci. You want the Lindell treatment? You better say no. I hope you never got paid to uh, promote any kind of medicine or, or uh, you know, kind of uh, flack any kind of uh, product out there. Hope you didn't. I think if carefully done according to the guidelines, there's no reason that I can see why that not be the case. For example, you know, when you look at going to a grocery store now in many regions and counties and cities that are doing it correctly. They have X's every six or more feet. And it says, don't leave this spot until the person in front of you left their spot. And you can do that if you go and work. How much does Fauci love that? Love that. All the, you know, all the the orders and regulations and, and uh, odd necessary 
steps that bureaucratic little bureaucratic baby steps that these uh, supermarkets are imposing when you have to be six tiles apart and the piece of tape is here and you can't go in front of the spit guard window until you're five feet away. Oh, a guy like Fauci loves that kind of stuff. I'm sure almost everybody in the, the bureaucrats in the Centers for Disease Control think all that stuff is just fantastic. You know, you you coordinate everybody, you move everybody in a certain way, we'll have the system going, and then the bureaucracy moves slowly forward, and methods, and oh, it's very exciting to those folks. It's like a spectator f- a sport for those folks, just handling people and moving people like cattle to one place or another to make sure there's order and make sure this is done in a proper pipeline so that everybody is processed just so. That's why you can't get anything at a hospital until you raise hell, and which sucks. It shouldn't have to be that like that. But uh, what with some exceptions, there are, I will give an exceptions. There are in- exceptional nurses who will just make stuff happen, and they're awesome. But sometimes they have to raise hell to make that happen. But if you go into a hospital and somebody's seriously hurt, my experience is that you can't get caught up in the slow churning current of the hospital bureaucracy because it could lead to pain and death. You need an advocate who knows what the hell they're doing or or somebody on the inside who's you know taking you on as a, as a special cause. And thankfully, that's why nurses are angels. Thankfully, there are some nurses who do that stuff. Wear a mask if you uh, observe... Hey, let me ask you, if somebody were to ask you, do you think that the masks have been effective in slowing and stopping the spread of COVID? What is your what is your real feeling? What is your true feeling? I mean, I think it's it's only logical to think that something that prevents spittle from flying out of your face at somebody else, I mean, probably that would that would help decrease the spread of all sorts of stuff. But do I believe that these masks are responsible for a lot of the good readings that we've seen and the the decreases in some of the cases and certainly in fatalities? Not necessarily. I don't think we know. I still don't think we know a whole lot about this thing. I don't think we know. We certainly don't know a hell of a lot about this thing or else we wouldn't have had the policies in nursing homes that we had. We waited for the... We waited for this disease on Beach A. It landed on Beach B. So now we're bolstering and undergirding all of our defenses on Beach A still. But that's not really been where the battleground is. But, you know, whatever. The physical distancing and don't have a crowded situation. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that. Crowded situation, that's fine. Crowded situation is... uh... But there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Right. But as long as it's not a crowd, Diana. Right? Another member of the Massachusetts delegation actually today unbelievably made an appearance. (laughs) This is so... the, The Democrats are such gaslighters. It's freaking incredible. It's so incredible. Nothing they ever do really happened or ever has to be accounted for. Ever. So if you've used, if you used on a, on a, a degree to the Texas bar, uh, an application, if you called yourself an American Indian, which doesn't mean 12%, 18%, if you call yourself an American Indian, then, 
Also, use sign yourself up as an American Indian or Native American uh, to get into a, a college. And use that identity, even though you have no right to it because you're not an American Indian. At the DNC, you can still be called to be a, a present and a speaker at the Native American Caucus. Yes, Liz Warren herself made an appearance. I really hope that you will join us in fighting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and in supporting the Democrats so that we can all continue our work for Indian country. It is more important now than ever. And again, thank you so much for inviting me to be with you today. Thank you, Ryan, for having me here. I'm really grateful and I can't be with you in person, but I want you to know my heart is with you. <laughs> Thank you, Senator. You have always truly been an incredible friend and more than kind in terms of your work with me and and with Indian country. We all know where your heart's at. And so thank you for, for your good work. It's in the same way that Bill Clinton was lauded and, and treated as a god among women and feminists. None didn't, the facts on the ground didn't matter. They knew he had a really good heart, just like they knew the same thing with uh, with uh, Liz Warren. There's one thing I want to get to here. Oh no, no, it's a, is it a text? It's a is it a it's a text? Hold on. <laughs> this is a this is a great thing about the media in this country. This is a headline in the Hill. Trump falsely claims the only way he could lose in November is if the election is rigged. <laughs> he falsely claims that. How can it be true or false? He's just saying that that's the only way. As my wife points out, points out, does Brady falsely claim he'll win the Super Bowl? How do you know until it's it's done? President Trump on Monday further cast doubt on the U.S. election process, claiming falsely that the only way he would lose in November is if the election is rigged. <laughs> Trump made the remark at the end of a speech to supporters in Oshkosh, Wisconsin on Monday afternoon as he implored them to vote. It followed months of Trump claiming, without evidence, that widespread mail-in voting during the coronavirus pandemic would invite fraud into the election. Uh, can you believe that? How beautiful. How beautiful. Uh, so my wife says, the Democrats would never cast out on the election process from the people claiming Trump is trying to hide mailboxes from them so they can't vote. So in other words, the hill's already on him. He's doing the mailbox saying it's in the bag. Trump has stolen it already. I do think, uh, I do think um, that I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to say either way because this election could go either way. Trump is down in the polls, but I'm starting to see something. The more you, you, it seemed to me that the only way, especially in the last few months, the only way that the Democrats could screw this up is if they recreated the 2016 campaign and. Incredibly, that's exactly what they're doing. Thank you so much. Please leave a five star review if you don't mind. And um, I guess in comments, we'll try to get on YouTube soon. I'm, I, I'm just behind, you know, I've got a day job. 
Uh, I appreciate everybody listening. All good feedback. You can email me at Winchester with two N's at gmail.com. Get me on Twitter. DM me on Twitter or uh, just, uh, just tweet to me. I'll respond. C'est la vie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.